Hey, welcome to the Life Church Green Bay podcast. It's our mission to lead the way in bringing the life giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We are so glad that you're here. If this is your first time joining us, would you connect with us? We want to do life with you, and there are so many ways we can do that from wherever you are in the world. You can get connected with us and other Jesus people in one of our Facebook groups by joining us for an online service every Sunday or connecting with people through life groups and pocket churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message. Hey friends, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. If you're not in a place where you have access to a traditional Bible, you can open up the YouVersion app, or it's also called the Bible app, and all the notes and scriptures, those have already been uploaded. Of course, we'll also put the scriptures on your screen wherever it is that you're watching us from. I love you, and I'm so grateful that you're a part of our family. I wonder how many of you would be like me, and you don't want to be negative, but if you're honest— you're kind of getting tired of all the negativity you see all over the world. I mean, it's in the paper, it's on the news, whether your source is red or blue, it's all over your news feed or your social media. It's negative, 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 almost like it's doomsday every day. It kind of makes me feel like Chicken Little and the sky is falling. I mean, it's crazy. It seems like so many people just want to be critical. They just want to be negative. They just want to pick things apart. They'd prefer to find what's wrong rather than see what's right. For some people, complaining has become an art form. They can complain about anything. The weather, first it's too cold, then it's too hot. Uh, They could complain about driving. Oh my gosh, what's this idiot doing? Why are we driving so slow? What are we in a parade? Or oh my gosh, what's this idiot doing coming up on me so fast, riding on my bumper? I mean, I'm already speeding. What are we in a race? Don't even get me started about food or about coffee. Seriously, what's taking this person so long? Can they just open another register? Didn't they know I was coming? It's Negative, negative, negative. And we complain about all sorts of stuff. We walk up to a refrigerator full of food and complain that there's nothing to eat. We turn on a TV with 200 channels and complain because there's nothing to watch. We go to our closet filled with clothes and complain because we have nothing to wear. Isn't it amazing how blessed we can be and yet how ungrateful we can be? And I'll be honest, I'm right there with you. I'm not a naturally grateful guy. I'm a naturally greedy guy. I want better, faster, newer, and I want it right now. That's why in my spirit, I'm pursuing, I'm fighting for a heart of gratitude because gratitude is the value and virtue that unlocks so many other values and virtues. Gratitude makes you generous. Gratitude makes you thankful. It makes you an encourager. It's gratitude that makes you positive. So I'm asking God to transform my heart from one that's entitled to one that's grateful so that even though I may be a naturally greedy person, I'd be a supernaturally grateful person. That's what I want to talk about for a few minutes today in a message we're calling, I'm Grateful. Let's pray. God, we love you. I mean, I would be remiss if we didn't start by just saying thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you're going to continue to do. 
Your mercies, they're new every morning. And so today, thank you for my friends who are watching this message. I pray for hearts of gratitude. I pray that we would ponder, we would be impacted by, we would reflect upon the things in our lives that we have to be grateful for. God, make us less like us and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to look at a really interesting story from the Gospel of Luke. It is so good. It's a story of this group of guys who had an encounter with Jesus and how they reacted when given the option between greed and gratitude. Look how Luke, a doctor incidentally, reports this story. He says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy, they met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Now, when we read this, it's really easy for us to scan it and just skip right over these shouts. But these cats were screaming. And we know that when we know the context and we get the context from the Old Testament book of Leviticus when it teaches us what lepers had to do. First off, leprosy was a death sentence. There was no cure. And, and it started small. It started with these really small but terrible seeping, oozing wounds that caused loss of blood flow to whatever body part they were found on. Slowly but surely, parts of your body dried up, died, and dropped from your body. It was the most debilitating, dreaded disease of its day. And if you were a leper, you were actually required to live in total isolation other than with other lepers. Uh, lepers, they lived on the outskirts. They, they lived in their own colonies in a cesspool of seeping sores surrounded by sickness, sorrow, and shame. They were all required to tear their clothes and always keep their hair looking as unkept as possible so that people from a distance could see that they were damaged. They were required to keep their mouths closed at all times so that they wouldn't spread their infection. Except when they were being approached by someone who wasn't sick. Then they had to yell as loud as they could, unclean, unclean. I mean, I kind of wish that was required of all negative people today. It might keep them from spreading their infection. Like imagine if they had to yell out, negative, negative, <laughs> kind of like unclean, unclean. So they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, weren't all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go your faith. It has made you well. How many were healed? 10. But how many were grateful? One. One guy made a choice. And I don't know about you, but I want to be that one. The one who said, I'm grateful. But the question is how? How do we choose gratitude? So let me leave you with three statements that'll help you choose gratitude. And I think if you speak these things over your life, you can develop a heart that says, I'm grateful. Here's the first thing I'm going to speak over my life. 
I know every good thing I have comes from God. James, the earthly half-brother of Jesus, he tells us this very thing. He said, every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good thing comes from God. Now, you might say, well, I worked for what I have. I went to school. I worked the overtime. God didn't do that. I did. And honestly, I'd say there may be some truth in that. But I'd also say you were just actually a good steward with the gifts and opportunities that God gave you. And what you need to understand is every place where you succeed, you're succeeding with a gift or an opportunity that God gave you because God is the giver of all gifts. He's the giver of all good things. And the scriptures are lined with examples. God gave Noah blueprints and materials to build an ark and the animals to fill it. He gave the Israelites a dry detour to save them from guaranteed destruction. He gave David a stone to kill a giant, gave Jonah a whale to swallow him and shoot him safely to the shore. And he gave a young virgin named Mary the faith to say yes and the fortitude to carry the savior of the world. So yes, you went to school, but it was God who gave you the mind to be able to understand the material. Yes, you worked the overtime, but it was God who gave you the strength to be able to finish the shifts. He gives you health to bless you and friends to love you. I know every good thing I have comes from God. And the sooner we understand that truth, the sooner we'll shift from a sense of entitlement to an attitude of gratitude. Here's the second thing I'm gonna speak over my life. I won't let what I want rob me of what I have. I don't know what it is that you want, but I know everyone wants something. A better car, a different house, granite countertops, nicer clothes, a spouse, kids, grandkids, a second chance, sobriety. We all want something. And friends, there's usually nothing wrong with what you want, but there's a guy named Solomon who, after he had literally everything, said this. It's better to be content with what the eyes can see than for one's heart to always crave more. The English words crave more, they come from the Hebrew words mahalak nefesh, and those words mean a roaming of the soul. So he's saying, it's better to be content with what the eyes can see than to always have a roaming of the soul. This continual longing is futile. It's like chasing the wind. In other words, it's better to embrace what God's given you than to always want something bigger, newer, faster, better. He's saying gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. It takes what you have and it, it makes it better. He, he's not saying what you want is bad, but to always want better, it's endless because as soon as you upgrade, there's an upgrade. It's futile. It's like chasing the wind. So it's better to have a content eye than a constant appetite. It's not bad to want a new car or a different house. As long as your desire for a new car or a different house doesn't make you dissatisfied with your current car or your current house where you start getting nitpicky, where you start finding every little fault, where you start belittling your blessing. When's the last time you just had some general gratitude about your basic blessings? You know, tangible things, the food you eat, the bed you sleep in, the clothes you wear, the shoes on your feet, the job you have. They, they may not be what you want. They may not be as much as someone else has, but St. Paul said, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any 
and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all things. Paul, he developed some grit and that grit was grown in gratitude. Having a general gratitude for your basic blessings helps to settle your soul. It goes a long way to giving you great gratitude for your specific blessings. You know, the intangibles, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your friends, the blessings you already have. They may not be what you want. They may not be perfect, but gratitude takes what you have and it makes it better. So I won't let what I want rob me of what I already have. Here's the third thing I'm going to speak over my life. I'm going to turn all my blessings into praise. You know, sometimes I think things can get lost in translation. The word praise, for example, why does religion have to complicate things? You know, praise is just positive talk or positive affirmations. Praise is just compliments. Think of the kind of compliments you like to get or that you like to give and then give those to Jesus, especially when he gives you a blessing, AKA a hookup. So every time God hooks me up, I'm gonna give him a compliment. Like you're so generous, you're so great, you're so kind. You're the most giving guy I know. Nobody's better to me than you. I, I've never enjoyed being around anybody more than I enjoy being around you. Or just simply, I love you. I'm gonna turn all my blessings into praise because anytime I don't turn a blessing into praise, it turns into pride. You know, where I start to say things like, I deserved that or I earned that. My life should be good. In fact, I should have it better than I do. God owes me. You ever live your life like God owes you something? I mean, listen, God does owe you. It's just not what you think. So I love what David said in the 63rd Psalm. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied like with the richest of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Are you fully satisfied? Or are you like the nine who took their healing and went on their way? When you're fully satisfied, you'll be like the one who came back praising God in a loud voice. When you're fully satisfied, you'll be able to echo the words of the 103rd Psalm. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. He fills our lives with good things. So I don't know about you, but because of that, I want to be the one, the one who said, I'm grateful. Will you do that? Will you close your eyes? You know, the act of salvation really is this great awakening. It's a spiritual awakening where we realize that nothing good that's in our lives comes from us. And so, you know, if nothing that's good in your life comes from you, wouldn't it make common sense that nothing bad in your life comes from you either? 
See, everything good comes from God, but everything bad comes from the enemy. The, the enemy who's prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone who he can destroy and devour. And this idea of salvation is coming to this consciousness that if we want good in our lives, we can't get it ourselves. And so we need to turn to the only one who good comes from, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And once we realize that, we recognize the opportunity that we have to enter into this redeeming relationship with him. I'm going to give you an opportunity to enter into that redeeming relationship, a relationship where he does so many good things for you, regardless of the bad things that you've done to him, where he takes all of the bad things that you've done and literally deletes them, erases them, casts them out of his mind, chooses to never remember them again, and you get to begin again. If that's you, maybe your life is a wreck, it's a ruin, and you say, Sean, I need to begin again. We're going to give you opportunity to do that, and here's how. I'm going to say a few lines in a prayer, and then I'm going to pause When I pause, if you'll repeat what it is that I said and you mean it in your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. Everything you've ever done wrong will be deleted and you begin again. So if that's you today, would you say these words after me? Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Come into my life. Change me. Make me different. Make me new. Be my Lord, be my Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer today, you have just begun your Jesus journey. The journey away from where you are right now toward where God wants you to be, which is more like Jesus. And so we want the chance to walk this journey out with you. And so if you would just reach out to us, connect with us, message us that you made that decision, we promise you that we'll follow up with you and we'll help you in your journey. But we're not done. I wonder if you're watching this and you say, I'm a Jesus guy or I'm a Jesus girl, but I don't have a grateful heart. I naturally have a greedy heart. I want more and I want it now. That's you. I want to pray for you that God will take your naturally greedy heart and he'll make it a supernaturally grateful heart. And so God, for my friends who are watching this, God, change our hearts. Change the trajectory of our lives. God, make us supernaturally grateful. Let us notice the things that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to lifechurchgreenbay.com to download today.